Hello, and welcome to The Next Great Car Era, a podcast by EV Tuners. I'm your host, Daniel Martin, and today we are joined by Ben, the EV guy. Originally from Austria and now living in the U.S., Ben started his EV journey with a Ford Mustang Mach-E in early 2021. Shortly after, Ben started making tutorials and helpful videos where he explained how to do things with the electric Mustang. Fast forward, now he has switched to a Tesla Model 3 and is making content about car shows, events, and the modifications he is doing to his car. We dive into all this and more right now. Enjoy. Awesome. Well, Ben, the EV guy, thanks so much for carving out some time to chat with me today. Sure. Before we dive too deep into it, uh, maybe you could hit us with a quick introduction and a little bit of background for those who maybe haven't come across you or your channel yet. Sure, why not? Um, yeah, my name is Ben. I'm originally from Austria, but due to my job and work, I work with heavy equipment. I traveled a lot in Europe, Middle East, and the United States, and eventually got moved to the U U.S., um, I'm living now in California and um, I always liked uh, lots of modern technology. So I got into the electric cars a few years ago. Yeah. And were you a car person before that or was electric cars really what got you passionate about cars in the first place? No, it was the electric cars which got me passionate into the cars in the first place. I was more into motorcycles, but never like a really crazy guy into it. Just something I like to do, like driving it and so. But since I have an uh, electric car, I'm, I want to say probably my wife will call me a, a car crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, the electric car is interesting because it bridges your existing interest in technology, right? C correct, and, yes. Yeah. And then the community of cars is also fun. Yeah. So, you know, before we dive too deep into, uh, I mean, I have a ton of questions for you, um, but one thing that you shared with me uh, that I thought was really unique is that you actually did an EV training class um, yeah. in person. Could you tell us yeah. a little bit about that experience? So, like I said earlier, I work with heavy equipment and the company I work with, they, they manufacture now uh, cranes and foundation equipment, which are also battery powered. And since I had a little bit of background on electric cars, my boss asked me if I want to learn more about the drivetrain when it's electric powered. And so we did some research where is a good uh, training facility in the nation where we could go. And then we found out the Weber State University in Utah, they provide a real good uh, electric drivetrain training, which is more focused on cars, of course. And they had a big facility there, or still have a big facility there where they have up to, I want to say it was when I was there, 17 cars where you take the battery packs out, the motors out, you do some yeah. measurements on it, and they offer the training for anybody. So it's not just for people which have a background. It's like a training for anybody. You do some upfront training, which is online-based. It's like uh, two sessions, one is eight hours, the other one, I believe, if I remember right, 30 hours or something like that. And when you pass those, you can do the on-hands training in, it's just outside, outside of Salt Lake City in, in Utah. It's it's fantastic training. Yeah. 
And when you look him up, the Weber State University has a own YouTube channel, which is called Weber Auto. And Professor okay. Kelly, he, he runs that YouTube channel. They do a lot of great videos on how they take Tesla's apart, Mustang, Marquis, Chevy Bolt. Um, he has also like Ford Explorer hybrid. I think there's also Kia Nero stuff and BMW battery packs, a lot of good stuff there. Sounds like it was sipping from a fire hose, so to speak, just a ton yeah. of information really quickly. Yeah, it was a ton of information really quickly. And for me, since I have a bit of technical background, it, it um, but I'm more on diesel engine side and on the low voltage electrical side, it was really the it closed the gap of the unknown. So I would say now I have a basic understanding how the stuff actually works and how you would do some troubleshooting on it as well. That's really awesome. And did you say that we're going to be seeing some electric heavy equipment on the market soon? Yeah, it's actually, it's already here. We, uh, the company I work for, we have now a, a few machines in the country, but I was just a couple of weeks ago in Las Vegas of the, at the second biggest construction uh, exhibition in the world and a lot of manufacturers showed off their electric equipment from cranes to excavators, mini excavators, big drill rigs, everything is there. And so many is battery powered or plug-in powered. And then you see also some which are uh, hydrogen powered. So they are going, they're jumping on the train. Wow. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> how big are the plugs? For something like that i mean it um, has to be massive right yeah i mean you try to have a high voltage uh, as much as you can like you have to think some stuff on construction sites is already on high voltage like welding machines or if you have like a, a tower crane these days they run already electric and you have then like a 480 volt system with a with a 100 amp circuit or even more okay certain things but to give you an idea the equipment i work with they have up to 450 kilowatt hour battery packages and they have four onboard chargers so they can charge 80 kilowatt with the plugs provided so pretty wow. decent huh? yeah that's really decent yeah. about how long i mean i know it depends just like range in a in an electric car but like what's a general like how long would that battery pack run throughout a day so the, the equipment I deal with, it, it really depends on which equipment and what size. The smaller okay. the smaller equipment we have, they're designed to last a shift, which is always six to eight hours. Okay. And, and the bigger equipment is more designed to that you can finish a single application. And then when you move, then you can move the equipment and then you plug it in again while you work. But oh, to okay. move it from one spot to another spot, you, you, you can unplug it. That's the you, idea behind it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you do you see some of the same benefits in uh, in the way that electric motors are are being put to use in the heavy equipment as in as in cars? What I mean, like an easy one is like in a car, we all really love that instant torque. It's super fun, and a lot of heavy equipment is diesel because it has a better torque curve. Is it is the electric just that much better? Um, it's 
there are some benefits are of the same when then but like you said the talk we have to think about the equipment we work with is diesel over hydraulic so you actually drive everything on hydraulic base so now we took out the diesel engine and put in some electric motors now the torque is not so the thing you look for but one thing which is a big factor is noise pollution so mm. now when you when you work in residential areas the machine is much quieter and the other thing is also you have a way lower maintenance cost you have to think the diesel engine runs eight hours a day and that means you have to do a lot of oil changes and filter changes and mm. you have some other uh, maintenance which you don't have to do anymore with the electric drive that makes a big major difference yeah that makes sense yeah. so uh, maybe pivoting that's really interesting but I, we're not we're here to talk about cars um, but it's fascinating and it's really interesting to see how ev you know just electric tech is really kind of growing into all sorts of different areas at the same yeah. time but i'm looking at your shirt i love the logo tell us a little bit about ben the ev guy so it, it was funny the um i but I was in the in the market for an electric car several years ago already, and I originally started off with a Nissan Leaf to to look at it. And um, the dealer was really hard to deal with. They wouldn't give me a test drive. I would not even let me sit into the car. And then I said, maybe it's just not meant for me yet. And so I, I bought again a gasoline car, and. It was an old beater car and I drove it for a year. And then I, I said, oh, let me look now maybe into a, a Chevy Bolt or something. And that I walked into the dealership and the dealer was like, you, you want to drive electric? You don't look like an electric guy. And I'm like, okay, that's how it started off. <laughs> and I kind of got convinced to buy another gasoline car. And then I said, hey, I want to buy a, a Model 3, Tesla Model 3. And I walked into two Tesla stores and they both kind of, ignored me and didn't want to let me drive a car or sit in it. And then I said, you know, maybe I have to do a different approach. And I went online and saw, okay, you can do online a test drive appointment. Then I did that. I submitted on a, a request for a test drive appointment, got it confirmed, showed up at a remote test drive location. There was no car. And then I called. <laughs> oh no! I, Oops! I, I, I need that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I called and nobody answered. And then I said, um, "Let me chat, try online chat." And then somebody called me back and they apologized. Something went wrong. It was at the end of the year. They got kind of sold every car. It was the end of the year in twenty, in the year twenty twenty. And then um, I finally got one test drive in January 21 and what happened during the test drive was they wouldn't give me a key card to drive it so he had the remote start the car and I had passengers with me drop them off in front of their house because they wanted to see the car as well and the, I couldn't start the car anymore and drive off and had to wait to, for the guy to call me back it took about an hour and a half to finally call me back and I said that's maybe a bad sign. Maybe I should not go with Tesla. And I start looking around and I like the idea of the ID4 that time. Mm -hmm. And a salesperson was super knowledgeable and very helpful and went really deep into the car. The car was not even on the market yet. So I put an order in for the ID4. But same time, I also looked a bit at the Mustang Marquis. I really liked the design and the looks of it. And 
the idea of a of a family friendly uh, Mustang, and um, yeah. so I I put myself on like on a waiting list in case someone gets cancelled or not. And about three weeks before my ID four came in, I got an email from the Ford dealer that they had a cancelled order, and. I think I did not finish reading the email. I was already on my way to the dealer. And yeah, three hours later, it was Mustang Marquis owner. And I want to say that the sales guy actually was more knowledgeable than what you what you read about a lot of uh, electric car salespersons back then. It was two mm. years ago. So he he really knew how to walk through the screen, hook up the phone and everything. But oh, then good. the... The next couple of days, I found out some other stuff, which I just couldn't make to work. So like I had Bluetooth issues with my phone and setting up some, some settings. And I reached out to the community on Facebook and on, on Instagram. And uh, some guys reached back to me and they actually called me and guided me through the phone, over the phone, through the settings and helped me out how it works. I'm like, man, you know how cool it would be if someone just would make a video so not anybody has to struggle same like me and they said hey i have what it takes to to just make a basic tutorial video and that's how i started making videos and um pretty soon people said hey that's some cool videos can you do some more and i just kept going and kept going and um it got also to a point where some some uh, aftermarket parts suppliers reached out to me and said hey um how about you make a video about our stuff and, you know, stuff like that. And so eventually um, I just kept making more and more videos and I enjoy doing the videos. I know they are not the highest quality, but I just want to bring the information over and want to help people that they to either do a purchase decision or find um, an answer to their question, what they struggle with, because sometimes it might be just a real simple thing, but because you never dealt with it, you don't know the answer to it. No? And right. um, then last year in, in summer, I just realized the Mustang Marquis had some little flaws. It was not nothing really bad, but you know, it, it started off like steering wheel heater not working properly or the level two charters not charging always right. And little, mm. little flaws, nothing which prevents you from driving. I said, you know, it's a first generation car. Maybe it's time to sell it as long as it still has warranty. And so the a better price value and last year the price was really high on the used ones. And I looked in the Tesla Model 3 and then I basically swapped out the two cars. And now I drive a Tesla Model 3. Yeah. And awesome. I still try to make some videos about it, but there's so many videos out there. So <laughs> it's a bit not that easy as with the Mustang Marquis. Sure. For for the Mustang, um, what are a couple examples of the types of walkthroughs that you created for folks? Because I'm sure that people with Mach-E's are still looking at those videos as they're trying to figure out the new car. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the uh, first videos for me was um, the in the trunk, there's like a little cover on the top of the trunk, which as soon as you open the window, it flew out and it got loose and started wobbling mm-hmm. around and I, I found a little fix. You just put a little rubber o-ring in it and fix that. Then a lot of people, you know, you meet them on the street and they ask you, hey, how does the car sound like? We heard it has an electric car sound. So I just recorded the sound and put a video in. How, mm-hmm. how is the sound? I did a video about the acceleration or just a walk around the car, how it looks like. 
like I said, the, the car was, I, I got the car in February and they only launched it. I think they sold two in December and a handful in January. So it was like one of the first ones on the road. Wow. And that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And so basically whatever you made a video of, people look, watch it because the car was on, was the unknown. You know? mm -hmm. And and then I started receiving different spoilers. So also buying different spoilers, tried them out, they compared the different looks. And then um, I, I did an install video on dash cam because people ask, hey, how, where can I plug in the, on which fuse or access to the uh, 12 volt battery. Uh, one very successful video was also how to jumpstart the car in case the 12 volt battery dies and ah. how, how you drive to the car wash and stuff like that. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. And for for Tesla, um, since there's so many videos out there already, are you now kind of shifting into more product reviews as opposed to software fixes and, and navigating the new car? Or what's your plan with the channel now? My plan with the channel is um, I was uh, last year, I in in summer, I was at a event in at Sonoma Racetrack, which was the Holy High Voltage. And yeah, yeah, I'm sure you know about it. And I missed um, you I'm, by one day. Yeah, I was there Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And I met a few people which are into modifications on the car. Uh, like they do bag Teslas and they do uh, everything carbon and or mm -hmm. lower the car and different trims, the new lights. And um, so my idea is now also to modify my car a bit and um, also um, report or document the way how, how I modify it a bit. And then also whenever I see some new gadgets or stuff like like we had last week an update where where the Teslas which don't have the radar sensors finally get a park assist. So I do still like a video about that. How does how does that work? Or I found a, an affordable level two charger on Amazon. Um, tried that out, how it works and stuff. So I still try to do like tutorials and helpful videos, but probably more videos on modifications and stuff. Very cool. I saw that you just did some pretty sweet modification to your car. You have new rims and some wrap on there. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I I just got recently the new aero rims, which are um, very uh, mileage efficient rims, which actually should give you up to, uh, I think I believe the correct number was seven or eight percent more range. Wow. And Yes, and I put some wheel spacers on, and I didn't want to go for a full wrap because I see a lot of cars have that, so it's it's nothing unique anymore. Mm -hmm. And I I wanted to stay also a little bit on the lower budget end, so I did some just partial wrap. I I, I put some accents on it and some uh, stripes. I installed a carbon spoiler, and um, the next thing will be some interior modification. I want to upgrade the sound system and uh, screen swivel. And uh -huh. um, if I can afford it at one point, I want to put also a lip and uh, side trims and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Underglow would be really cool. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing that because LEDs, the ones that I've seen, people are using LEDs right now yeah. for underglow, yeah. but then you can adjust to that i mean it's every color that you could imagine and then you have the ability to change it too if you get a wild hair correct you can do brightness you can do rainbow colors so you can play it with the music that there's uh 
unlimited options. <laughs> and you see also modification, it's really unlimited. There's not only like one set of underglow you can buy. There's so many different on the market. So what's really the best? You you got to find out yourself. Yeah. Or watch your channel to find out. <laughs> or watch my channel to find out <laughs> other channels. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the rims, that's an interesting one, especially, I think a lot of people talk about EV rims and range. Um, what was the size uh, of the and tires that you were running on the stock rims? And then how about the same question for the new ones? So I actually had the factory 18-inch aero rims with the plastic covers on it. Okay. The, and now I have a 19-inch with the continental tires. And... I put spacers on it in the back, uh, 20 and in the front, 15 millimeter. And I want to say I have the bigger wheels now and spacers and my range is more on the better end than on the worse end what I had before. So it's really interesting. Yeah. What about car. width of tires? Same between both or with the 19s, are you running a, a wider tire? I run a, a slightly bigger tire, but but almost the same. Yeah. Almost the same. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The other question that I think gets brought up a lot is uh, is wheel weight, and that does make a difference. But as you kind of pointed out, it's the it's the design and the aerodynamics that makes a bigger difference in range, right? So the the company I chose, the, they're they're called the New Aero, and that's a uh, a wheel which is designed in, in Sweden and in Germany and they manufacture them in, in Italy so they are forged wheels and the wheel is heavier Definitely. oh is it? it is heavier yes but but it, it it's a um, the aerodynamics makes it so you really get the better range out of it interesting so yeah. how heavy is is the rim? Or I don't know at the top of my head, but when I took the wheels off, I could tell them much. Yeah, big difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I I saw the design. I think it's a really cool design. Um, I have to check that out and and see. Like uh, I have the Model Three Performance, and its stock rims are the Uber turbines, and those yeah. are super heavy. They're like yeah. thirty three pounds each. When like a forged uh, race rim are in the low. 20s yeah. so it'd be interesting if maybe it's heavier than the arrows but maybe still lighter than the ubers i don't know i can get you the specs after all <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah. we'll we'll chat it up and figure figure that out because they do look really cool yeah what about other uh build plans you mentioned interior a little bit um anything anything else um you know on the long run i wish to have uh proper uh, different colors of the seats. I right now just run seat covers, but I at one point wish I have matching seats to the outside stripes. And um, That'd be cool. I, I run, a, I mean, I ordered a set to upgrade the sound system. So that will be a real harness, which I have to run from the back to the front. And after that, I think I get to a point where I have quite a bit invested in it, and then I have to see what I go next. There's there's always so many options, and um, I start going to more and more events. Then you see some other people what they bring new stuff, and that <laughs> gives you more ideas. <laughs> yeah, you just more more ideas than you can spend money for. 
<laughs> you go to a, quite a few events as it is, right? Yes, I I started um, actually like last year with Holy High Voltage. I started to go bigger events. Like before, I was at a few marquee events, but they were all little events. We mm -hmm. we we were a group of people on Facebook which tried to set up some marquee meetings and. Um, it was always nice little meetings. It just never worked out that really a, a big bunch showed up. And now with Tesla, that's more easy. So I'm, I um, I joined the Tesla owners of San Joaquin Valley, and they work close together with the Silicon Valley and the East Bay chapter and also with the so-called chapter. And they have events all the time or they participate in other events. And so I was just last weekend at an owner event in San Bruno, and I'm planning to go this weekend, one in, in, in the valley. And I have planned to go to the big Tesla owners takeover in San Luis Obispo. I already bought the tickets for that. And my main thing is you meet so many cool people from all different characters with different ideas. And you see from, you know, like last weekend that I... I I saw different companies which built these little three wheelers, which are electric and which can go highway speeds. And or wow. you see, or you see modifications, or you see um, people which sell aftermarket stuff, and then people approach you with ideas and business ideas and stuff. It's really cool. I I enjoy it. I enjoy being around the people. I found the same that the the community is is really supportive and. Yeah. And it's exciting because it's all so new. Um, and, and then people like, like me, um, who I still have a lot to learn, um, about any cars, yeah. uh, you can get that information from people who maybe aren't, haven't been into EVs. You go to a car and coffee, uh, but you can learn so much about cars in general from, from those community members. And then they're excited to hear about the EV stuff. And like, it is a, a whole frontier uh, where everything is new and that gets everyone excited. And, uh, and then generally, since everyone's really supportive, it's a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely completely agree on that. I, especially in the meetings, you see, you can really come up with stuff you think it's probably a real stupid question but people will help you and they're very open and very happy to have at least most of them i want to say yeah. i i ask those questions all the time most of my <laughs> questions are probably the stupid ones but it's still <laughs> it's still exciting yeah are you uh gonna go back to holly this year do you think um i checked just recent a uh, couple of days ago they haven't announced the dates yet no but if if I if I'm available at that weekend, I definitely go. It's it's not too far from where I live, and I thought it's a it was a cool event, and I would do it again. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple that are on my radar uh, this year. Holly is one of them. If uh, if I can swing it, I'd love to go out to Ohm on the Range in Colorado. Uh, okay. Not sure if you've seen that one uh, on Instagram or or anything yet, but Terry uh, is putting that on. He did it last year. It's okay. happening again. It's going to be really fun. Um, nice. And uh, and we'll see. I I'm kind of interested in going to SEMA later this year if if it works out. That um, would be cool too. Yeah. 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 I've never been before, but a couple people that I think we know in in common in the Tesla group, yeah. and then some of the other builders that were at Holly, like yeah. uh, Kevin with uh, with the Plymouth Satellite. 
and uh, and a few, handful of others, uh, they they went and you see the pictures and it's like, man, that looks yeah. like a great time. It's, it looked like a real great time. Yeah, SEMA must be amazing. I saw the um, the SoCal guys, they're planning again a, 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 an event as well in Vegas in June. I, I want to see if I can make that. I haven't confirmed yet, but the, I might go there. And yeah, there's a lot of events coming up. You know, I can't even make all of them. There's It's like every one or two every weekend, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. I did go to the to the um, SoCal Tesla Vegas run last year. The, okay. the damn r- Vegas run because we yeah. went drove out to Vegas and then went out across the Hoover Dam, took pictures there, met up on the far side. Big, gr- but there's like not enough room for everyone in one place, so it, there was like <laughs> two or three groups of like 30 to 40 cars and it was more than just teslas there was some other evs there too and uh and then ate a bunch of food and hung out it was a great time (laughs) that's nice yeah well that'd be cool if you could make it on uh on it this year i'm gonna try as well and uh that would be good definitely yeah that's i'm sure some real cool time So um, I think your story of how you got into EVs is, is a really good one and a really unique one. Um, looking back, do you have advice for people who maybe are not familiar or are just getting into it and uh, how they can get more involved in, in EVs and cars in general? Um, do a little bit of your own research as well, if it really fits you. I mean, I'm... I'm not the guy which says EV is the final solution against the gasoline cars. I think it's it's one of the solutions. I hope for, for myself that hydrogen got bigger as well. And like in my special case, how I am, EV is a great solution. Like I, I more or less drive always the same distance as I do every now and then a longer distance and I have a short range battery. And the, I live in California where chargers is on basically on every five mile exit of a freeway. So yeah. I have I have no problem is that I have little kids and for myself, I don't like to drive longer than one and a half, two hours and I need a break. So mm-hmm. it, it works it works out great. And so I would do a little bit of research. Sometimes some, some questions come up, like really stuff where you think, man, I don't know if that's the right car for you. You know, when somebody comes and says, you want to drive commute every day, uh, 300 miles and lives in in a real cold climate and he bought the short range battery yeah you got to do your research now so yeah but, that's that that would be a difficult one for sure and, the, and if you're not sure one other thing i would do is a lot of people don't realize that for example hertz has uh tesla rentals or Turo, a lot of people put their cars on Turo. So if you want to test it out, do it. No, it, it's probably you, you want to do a big dollar investment. So it doesn't hurt. Maybe spend some, a few hundred dollars to test drive a car for a few days, not only just for 10 minutes, test drive at a Tesla center or at a Ford dealership or at a Nissan, whatever brand you go for. And yeah. And I believe that no matter what brand you buy electric cars, there definitely problem way less maintenance than any gasoline car so, so you make sure a good decision is it just like the heavy equipment no oil changes no <laughs> filter changes yeah you change the wipers and the tires and make sure your brakes are okay <laughs> which they usually are with the regen yeah, you like correct. never use brakes 
Yeah, but occasionally happens that a brake is stuck and needs to be replaced still. So just make sure they're okay. Yeah. I am. Um, so I went to, I used the brakes quite a bit this, this last weekend. I went to a, a NASA event at Willow Springs and so yeah. got, driving on the track and, um, and I was thinking, you know, since I don't really use brakes most of the time, um, unless I'm maybe on the track or just occasionally when it is time to replace them, I'm going to look into getting some like really aggressive ones, like track yeah. oriented, because usually I just use regen. That's yeah. something I could have never done with other cars that I had in the past yeah. because you can't be too aggressive on the street. Yeah, correct. Yeah. That's also actually a good thought of it. Yeah. It was funny, like with the marquee, when I got the marquee, I did not realize how I not used the brakes. I mean, once you get the, uh, used to the region and all, you, I had miles and miles. I did not even touch the brake pedal, I mean, literally. No? So it was, it's, it's a cool experience, huh? definitely. Easy to get used to the one pedal driving for you? Um, for me, yes. I understand when people say it's uh, difficult, but my job um, asks me to drive many times different rental cars and different equipment. So I'm used to sit in a different chair when driving mm. something, which is a little bit different. But I think you, if with a little bit of an open mindset, you get used to it. You drive a couple hundred miles and you're used to it. <laughs> You know what I find myself doing all, all the time, and for anyone who maybe hasn't uh, driven a Tesla, the uh, the right stock on the steering wheel is your shift. Yeah. And um, I keep getting in other cars and then hitting the windshield wipers to try and back out. <laughs> and I go, gets a little surprised when the windshield starts going whack, whack, whack. But And then I go, oh, wait, <laughs> this isn't my Tesla anymore. Turn That's them off it. and then shift. That, that's funny. Um, it's funny you bring it up because I had recently, I, I drove uh, my wife's car, which is a, just a regular SUV, gasoline car, and I jumped back in the Tesla and, you know, we had a rainy winter here. And yeah. I tried to turn on the wipers with the, with the gear shift stock because I was used to my wife's car again. <laughs> <laughs> so either way, we're yeah. going to get confused. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. One other thing that popped into mind, you you mentioned uh, towards the beginning that um, that the recent update has some self parking stuff. Do you have any in your car? Are you using the full self driving or any any of the additional tiers of self driving beyond the autopilot? No, I don't do the the reason why I opt out for that was I had the Ford Blue Cruise, which works actually pretty good you know okay. it's, it's it's more when i had it was still like the first version where you have it's more or less uh lane keep lane keeping and distance uh um cruise control where you can let the steering wheel go as you know you, you don't have to touch it ever sure and the because they have their motion sensors with your eyes and they look that you look at the road and I found myself not using it much, even though it's a real cool feature, you know, it, it just, I didn't use it that much because 90% for me is commuting mm -hmm. and uh, it's a, it's a fairly empty freeway. I just, I just cruise down the freeway. So I, I 
cruise control is just fine with me or the, the basic autopilot how tesla calls it that that works great for me i don't need the additional feature it was for me it's i see it when somebody does always different roads and long distance yeah that makes sense but for me it didn't make sense yeah i don't use it either um yeah. because the the regular cruise and lane keeping is is good but there are people that that uh it's a great use case for them and it's nice to have those options and because you mentioned the update i think the update is great i was actually um i, I said for myself do your research i was not aware that tesla removed the radar sensors and when i picked up my car i pulled into my garage i'm like when are the sensors kicking in and they never did until i learned <laughs> there is no sensors i i first thought i had the setting turned off and now I, I mean, it, it works how it's supposed to do. It has sometimes a slight delay, like, mm -hmm. like I had when I jump in my car, go straight into reverse, then it said, uh, park assist still loading. I had that a couple of times now, but okay. you just wait a second and then it's there. It shows you the distance, how far you can go, just like 12 inches to the wall and stuff. It, it says a little bit too early stop, but I'd rather have early stop than late. So yes. It, yeah, it works great. Huh? And it shows you the nice pattern around the car where it's the closest thing to the car. It's, it's cool. Huh? I like that a, too. It's yeah. really helpful in parking, getting in tight places. Yeah. Well, awesome, Ben. I uh, I want to be respectful of your time, but thank you so much for carving out uh, this chance to chat with you. I'll have uh, all of your links to your channel and Instagram and things like that in the show notes for people to uh, check out the content that you're creating. And uh, I really hope to see you at some of these events this year. I hope so too. I appreciate it. <laughs> Likewise. Thanks. Take care. Yeah. You too. Thanks. Okay. Bye.